Chapter 17 of Bonne Marie. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Rolly. Bonne Marie, a tale of Normandy and Paris by Henri Greville. Translated by Mary Neal Sherwood. Chapter 17 The Portrait when bonne marie appeared on the stage a half hour later the painter was in the place where she had already learned to look for him she avoided meeting his eyes but she wore in her hair or her breast and carried in her hand the white lilacs he had given her my portrait murmured bonne marie when she was alone in her own room after midnight my portrait at the exhibition he counts on that to create a reputation for himself. From his air and manner, one would suppose his reputation already made. He has the air of a celebrity. What must I say? Shall it be yes? Ah, to have him paint my portrait would be bliss indeed. These thoughts kept her awake until three o'clock, and finally Bonne Marie fell asleep deciding to go the next day and consult clotilde just at ten o'clock she rang at her friend's door and was received by clotilde in her dressing-gown the relations between them were as friendly as heretofore if not quite as familiar clotilde was born to protect the weak and as bonne marie could now take care of herself and her wings had grown strong Clotilde lost some portion of the interest she had formerly taken in her. Just at this time, too, Clotilde was occupied in pushing a young seamstress, in whom she had discovered positive genius. She shall be the fashion, she said to herself, and Clotilde generally carried her point. Tell me, said Bonne-Marie, tell me what the salon is. I am so ignorant that I commit a dozen blunders every day. The salon? oh you mean the exhibition yes i presume so but the exhibition of what of painting and sculpture did you not know that no not that nor many another thing beside tell me more about this exhibition clotilde not without a good-natured laugh at the ignorance of her friend explained all the mysteries of the salon and naturally as she knew many of the useful artists she cheered at the committee but why on earth are you so deeply interested in the salon all at once it is because some one answered bonne marie with considerable hesitation has proposed to paint my portrait for the salon how splendid cried clotilde your portrait at the exhibition why my dear it would make you known throughout paris in forty-eight hours no one ever made such a proposal to me and yet i flatter myself i am no uglier than you if i am not guilty of an indiscretion may i ask who it is who wishes to paint your portrait bonne marie intensely annoyed at the smile on clotilde's lips answered coldly there is no indiscretion in your question it is monsieur louis morin louis morin don't know him replied clotilde with an air of supreme indifference she did not speak the truth however but what could you expect no artist had asked to paint her portrait for the salon bonne marie did not speak for a moment shall i accept 
she said at last in a voice she endeavoured to render steady clotilde was quite ashamed of herself by this time her kindness of heart prompted her to encourage her timid friend besides should she advise bonne marie to refuse there would be plenty of malicious tongues ready to say she did so from envy except my child of course you must it is a splendid thing as i told you before but tell me added the diva mischievously is this louis morin the young prince for whom you have been waiting bonne marie turned away half angrily and clotilde was more delighted than before never mind she cried if he be prince by birth or prince of artists the essential is that you love him when will you invite me to the wedding seeing that she had seriously annoyed her friend clotilde took her by the arm and drew her towards her is it so serious as this she asked gently i know nothing about it answered bonne marie carried away by that need to open her heart which is one of the most charming qualities and also one of the greatest follies of youth i only know that he asked if he might paint my portrait but why did you not say yes at once asked clotilde with a smile you would have accepted then with joy and gratitude my child i would in fact have kissed him on both cheeks and bade him fix the hour for the first sitting but where would he paint this portrait asked bonne marie good heavens child where on earth would he paint it if not in his studio would you have him do it in a cellar in his own rooms do you mean a studio does not necessarily mean where your artist lives it is generally a neutral territory where all the world assembles but bless my heart where did you get all these prudish notions are they prudish notions asked the girl much troubled of course they are what on earth does it matter if you love him bonne marie plucked up her courage spurred by the dread of betraying her secret but i do not love him she said firmly well then you will it amounts to the same thing you will marry him and i shall dance at your wedding why can't you be serious said the girl as she rose to depart simply my dear because i am not cut out of that sort of stuff we are entirely different i try occasionally but it is really no use j'ai quitté ma soeur au berceau she began singing lucien's ballad with a nasal whine her friend smiled she could not help it and the two laughed heartily together just as they were separating clotilde exclaimed ah i forgot do you want a dressmaker no why but who makes your dresses persisted the diva as she held the door half open the woman you sent to me her taste is wretched try little Ersene. she is a genius as you will soon discover if you employ her but said bonne marie i can't afford to have many dresses my salary is only six thousand francs per annum the door that clotilde held clapped to with a bang i have vexed her said bonne marie to herself and yet i had no intention of doing so i wonder if a day could by any chance elapse without me being guilty of some gross piece of stupidity as she entered the house where she resided the old concierge followed her up the stairs this worthy woman professed the greatest respect for the young singer she never receives a single visit she said and she always comes straight home from the concert 
the emphasis laid upon this fact led the hearer to infer that all the lodgers did not pique themselves on similar regularity but this concerns neither my readers nor myself mademoiselle said to cerberus in petticoats some one has been here for you for me answered bonne marie in surprise you must be mistaken not i it was a very good-looking young man and he left his card beside the young girl took the card which it is unnecessary to state bore the name of louis morin i am very much obliged to you madame she said in considerable confusion what shall i say to him when he comes again asked the woman with a knowing air nothing at all answered bonne marie as she ran lightly up the stairs the concierge looked after her and then with a significant shrug of her shoulders she returned to her room where had morin obtained her address this was the question that now troubled our artless little girl it never occurred to her that nothing was easier than to obtain it at the theatre bonne marie had learned many things but she did not yet know that an address can be purchased she fancied that he had taken the less commonplace method and had followed her home and her heart beat high with joy and gratified vanity he laughed her then already and would he not love her more when he knew her real value the girl fully realized that the people by whom she was surrounded were not models of virtue but she never supposed that a single human being could doubt her honor piety and virtue were so entirely the rules that governed her life that she had no idea that any one could misjudge her if morin loved her it must be that he wished to take her his wife and if he loved her merely because he had seen and heard her what would be the surprise of the young painter when he discovered that she possessed those domestic virtues whose worth she estimated at their full value she fancied herself in his atelier an atelier what was that sometimes in her walks she had looked up to those high windows far above all the other houses and had asked herself what was done in those cages half darkened by heavy curtains of green serge the words studio atelier and painter told her little more than she knew before was she about to enter one of these mysterious retreats she saw her own image smiling down at her from the wall resplendent with youth and beauty she saw the crowd pressing toward it and she heard her name repeated in a hundred different tones of admiration it is too much cried bonne marie intoxicated with joy it seems impossible her doorbell rang gently and recalled her to real life she opened the door louis morin stood before her forgive my importunity mademoiselle said the young man i ventured to come back because i was told that you were always alone there was something in this phrase which jarred on bonne marie it might have been that it fell coldly on the chorus of happy voices to which she had been listening like a false note on seeing the light frown that contracted her delicate eyebrows morin felt he had made a blunder he spoke again therefore with greater caution the artist mademoiselle comes to ask his model to fix an hour for the first sitting had you friends with you i should have deferred my request particularly as you have not given me your promise come in sir said bonne marie and she preceded her guest to her small faded salon will you say monday asked morin in a pleading voice 
the girl still hesitated the painter asking himself what argument he could use had a happy inspiration i shall receive you without any ceremony and one or two friends will be with me as soon as she found that morin would not be alone in his studio bonne marie made no further objection very well she said i agree to monday the idea of the portrait makes me possibly a little indiscreet but indiscreet interrupted morin how can it be indiscreet when your beauty and your talent are already recognized by the public but now that we are good friends tell me under what happy sky you were born and where is the casket that has hitherto concealed this pearl bonne marie had no reason for concealment or disguise and yet as she was about to tell this stranger where she was born she had a vague feeling of terror and reluctance she could not lie however her natural shrewdness born of the common sense of normandy suggested a way out of this difficulty i was born in normandy she said on the seashore but you would not be interested in the details ah thought morin you do not wish me to know whence you come just as you please have you ever said to any one he asked aloud never we will try and prevent you from finding it too wearisome for it certainly is a very stupid thing to do bonne marie's eyes said very clearly that she should not find it wearisome but the painter could not discover anything especially flattering to himself in this declaration the girl rose and morin saw himself obliged to cut his visit short on monday then he said and shall it be at one o'clock just as you please sir she answered you have my address and we live very near each other said louis morin and as he reached the door he extended his hand to the young girl who frankly placed hers within it he had intended to raise it to his lips but a cool little hand met his with such utter indifference that he was not tempted to commit any such folly he therefore shook it as he would have done that of some masculine friend and departed as he went down the stairs he said to himself that is an odd sort of girl one can't precisely say that she's acting a part and yet upon my word i don't understand her End of chapter seventeen recording by monica raleigh